Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fingers Podcast. I am your host, Dave Infante, also known as Dinfante, also known as DJ Disappoint Your Parents, and I'm joining you from the studio here at Fingers Headquarters in Charleston, South Carolina, or as I like to call it, COVID's Airbnb, where the case counts are high, the vaccination rates are low, and our ghoulish Republican overlords don't seem to give a shit. Fun, fun, fun. Anyway, today I'm going to be reading the most recent edition of Fingers, which was published on Labor Day, September 6, 2021, under the headline, How the Twin Cities Became a Hotbed for Craft Beverage Unionizing. Basically, as soon as I published this piece, it became the most read story Fingers has ever run, which is pretty cool. It also got a ton of traction on social media this week, so thanks to all the friends of Fingers that tweeted and shared it. Appreciate you. Quick note on the format before we get to the read. This was a full feature story with quotes from different sources, and truthfully, I'm not quite good enough yet with podcast editing to splice the audio from my interviews directly into the episode. I've tried to make it clear when it's me speaking versus a source uh, speaking that I'm quoting from, but if you have any confusion, first of all, I'm sorry about that. I'll try to do better next time. Still kind of a work in progress here. And second of all, you can always read the full version of this story for free at fingers.substack.com where all the quotes are laid out uh, very clearly. Speaking of which, subscribers to this newsletter receive this and all my stories directly in their inboxes as soon as I publish them, so if you'd like to become a subscriber yourself, please head to fingers.substack.com and enter your email address. One more time, that's fingers.substack.com. You can also follow Fingers on Instagram at its.fingers, its.fingers on Instagram. Okay, chit-chat is over. Without further ado, let's get to the read. How the Twin Cities Became a Hotbed for Craft Beverage Unionizing, a Fingers Labor Day feature on organized labor's promising momentum with Minnesota's boutique booze producers. L. Kling's first job in a craft distillery will also be their first union job in a craft distillery. After working part-time making hand sanitizer in 2020 at Dunord Social Spirits, a Minneapolis producer of small batch liquors, they were hired full-time as a production lead this past February. By mid-June, Kling and their five co-workers had gone public with their union drive, and shortly thereafter, the company's owners voluntarily recognized the workers' right to bargain collectively. I was just so inspired by other union drives, they tell Fingers. It showed me what was possible. There's certainly been plenty of inspiration. Over the past year and a half, the Twin Cities has emerged as the country's most promising hotbed for unionizing the craft beverage industry. Pummeled by the coronavirus pandemic, workers at distilleries, breweries, and coffee shops throughout the metro area launched union drives at a clip never before seen in the fractured, vast, and tricky-to-organize hospitality sector. Not all those drives were successful, but Minneapolis craft beverage workers have won more drives than they've lost. In the process, they've begun building citywide solidarity within their industry and a template for how organizers and workers in other cities can win unions in breweries, distilleries, and other craft food and beverage producers. There are going to be ups and downs, no doubt about it, said Anders Bloomquist, a warehouse specialist at Fair State Brewing Cooperative, which unionized almost a year ago to the day, and a member of the Twin Cities Democratic Socialists of America chapter. But I think all of the foundational pieces are available for us to construct something very good, very robust, and very powerful, continued Bloomquist, referring both to the city's own craft beverage industry and the craft beverage industry nationwide. We have everything we need to win added Kling. 
Here's a Labor Day look at how craft beverage workers in the Twin Cities, with support from ambitious organizers and pro-labor customers, are building a confident, cohesive, and powerful movement to organize the boutique booze business in Minnesota and beyond. No matter the industry, organizing a union in the United States is hard, tedious work these days. This is because American labor laws heavily favor the bosses, and schools teach limited, skewed versions of labor history, and unions themselves have been hobbled by declining membership caused by right-to-work laws, corruption scandals, and good old-fashioned union busting. Besides, the very concept of a stable, full-time job has been steadily eroded to the point where exploitative labor models like the gig economy and polywork seem almost normal if you don't think about them too hard. Shit is bleak. Craft culture, by which I mean the constellation of artisanal, high-end, and niche food and drink so defined by writer Lauren Michelle Jackson in her 2017 essay, is not exempt from those forces. And organizing comes with additional hurdles for workers at the small craft beverage firms that produce the good beer, wine, and spirits that you love. Production workers face the dream job paradox in which workers are so passionate about the product that they accept low pay, unsafe conditions, and poor treatment from customers and bosses, lest they lose the privilege of pursuing their passion to a more pliant replacement. Front of house workers, like bartenders and servers in a taproom, for example, are told that their labor is replaceable and that their jobs can't be careers, which makes organizing a tough sell compared to just moving on to something else. Finally, these firms tend to be small, making workers vulnerable to the bosses' we're-a-family fallacy and making it harder to attract support from cash-strapped unions that must be strategic with their limited resources. Organizing 10 breweries with 15 employees each is almost always going to be more time-consuming than organizing one hotel with 150 workers all at the same place, and costlier, too. Despite that depressing calculus, there are some union locals, along with national union-adjacent bodies like Restaurant Opportunity Centers United and the DSA's Restaurant Organizing Project, organizing in the craft beverage industry. In the Twin Cities, Unite Here 17 has taken a keen interest in the Metro's craft producers. Fair State's Bloomquist told me, In having conversations with people in similar circumstances as mine who are trying to organize in other parts of the country, it's definitely made me greatly appreciate Unite Here 17. He said that the local, which is part of the country's largest hospitality union, is, quote, dedicated to actively organizing and didn't scoff at a bargaining unit that it was only a couple dozen people, which definitely happens in the world, unfortunately, close quote. Shay Freeberg is Unite Here 17 secretary-treasurer and has worked for the union for seven years. After Bloomquist first approached him about organizing in 2018, he did some research. I was like, who organizes craft breweries? And the answer is, nobody was, Freeberg tells Fingers. In the Twin Cities' prominent, growing craft brewing industry, the organizer saw opportunity. Quote, They do both production and they have front-of-house hospitality, which is a Unite Here specialty. Most people know each other and started working because the owners are not corporate. They're not InBev. But as places get bigger, they get bought up by the big guys or they just become the big guys, he said. By the way, workers at those macro brewers are mostly union. Anyway, collaborating with the DSA, uh, Rock United's Minnesota chapter, and craft beverage workers themselves, Freeberg began laying groundwork. I was like, let's do this, he said. Twin Cities craft beverage employees of various shops had already begun organizing when the pandemic hit. But laid-off employees of Tattersall Distilling Company, an award-winning producer that made the Inc. 5000 list in both 2019 and 2020 thanks to its rapid growth, 
went through the typically lengthy process at warp speed, spurred on by frustrations over the firm's COVID-19 protocols. In June 2020, they connected with Freeberg, who helped them through a crash course in what's called hot shop organizing, so named because workers are all pissed off about the same things and itching to take action. Here's how Tattersall bartender Bennett Johnson uh, described it in The Dish, a DSA publication focused on the hospitality industry, um, in a March 2021 recap of the drive. Quote, Over nine days of intense organizing, a process that normally takes much longer, we worked with lawyers, union reps, and each other to develop our union. Within a week, we were marching on the boss. Close quote. Tattersall's management would not voluntarily recognize the union, but pro-union workers won in an election anyway. Penny Wheeland, a distiller at Tattersall, told Fingers that, quote, I think since we were a small, tight-knit group who all had very similar goals, we truly knew we would win. We also had a lot of support with industry workers when we first announced we would vote, and that really helped, close quote. The moment was ripe for collective action and not just because of the pandemic. This was all happening as protests over the murder of George Floyd uh, really gained momentum in Minneapolis and then across the country. Workers in the Twin Cities who had been furloughed from craft beverage jobs joined neighbors and colleagues in the streets, doing mutual aid and experiencing firsthand the power of collective action. As Bloomquist recalled, quote, It really felt like something bursting. After enduring COVID for a couple months and with the way the presidential primary had turned out, At that point, people were really ready for something, ready to feel like we have some agency in this world. Tattersall going live with their drive, that was really it, close quote. Tattersall's public drive gave way to a cascade of efforts in the months that followed. After Johnson, Wheeland, and their co-workers marched on the boss in June 2020, five other craft beverage workforces in Minneapolis followed suit. There was Surly Brewing Company, Still Hard Distillery and Cocktail Lounge, Lawless Distilling Company, Spy House Coffee, and Fair State Brewing Cooperative. And almost exactly a year after Tattersall workers kicked off their drive, Dunord's workers joined the party. For Kling, the support those 2020 craft beverage union drives received from industry colleagues, the broader Twin Cities labor community, and regular drinkers was invigorating. Quote, watching the city react, I mean, on social media I saw people, you know, react to what's happening at Surly being like, I'm boycotting, I can't believe this is happening, I'm with the workers. These people weren't, like, activists or labor organizers, they were just people who recognized that workers should have some support. That really bolstered my confidence that people would have our backs. Close quote. As a quick aside, sometimes even broad support isn't enough. Despite community backing, the drives of both Surly and Spy House were defeated in contentious elections. Pro-union Surly workers lost their drive by a single vote. 15.8% of Minnesota's employed workers in 2020 were members of unions, making the state fairly pro-labor compared to the nation. Union membership rates nationwide are just 10.8%. But Bloomquist pointed out another advantage Twin Cities workers have when organizing. They're in the middle of the state's power structure. Quote, I think what gets overlooked is the geographic element of this. All the big stuff in the state is in one metro. The state capital, the biggest city, the main university, the main airport, most of the major businesses' headquarters. Even a moderate amount of organizing has bigger ripples, close quote, because workers are positioned to disrupt the state's political, social, and economic systems. Now, he was quick to acknowledge that none of the Twin Cities craft beverage drives ever rose to that level of disruption. I mean, these are pretty small shops, after all. 
but the workers' efforts did make waves big enough to catch the eye of rising star U.S. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, who hosted a Zoom workshop in October 2020 on how their organizing tactics could be replicated throughout the F&B industry. Omar was joined by craft beverage workers from Unite Here 17 shops and San Francisco's Anchor Brewing Company. Those workers are members of the International Longshore and Warehouse Union's Local 6 chapter. So, will the momentum in Minneapolis and St. Paul proliferate into broader craft beverage industry organizing beyond Minnesota borders? It feels both possible and necessary. If you read Fingers, you probably don't need to be told that it's a particularly tough time for American workers. Wages are stagnant, the pandemic is still running, and housing costs are skyrocketing, often pricing hospitality workers out of the very same communities where business owners then complain about not being able to hire hospitality workers. The good news is that workers all over the U.S., whether they distill whiskey, nurse the sick, or report the news, are newly awake to this bullshit, and they're organizing unions at a pace not seen in decades. There were hardly any craft beverage unions when I began reporting on the intersection of beer and labor a few years ago, and Tattersall's successful drive made it just the first unionized craft distillery in the entire country, I think, although obviously there have been more since. Roughly midway through 2021, there are at least a dozen craft beverage shops that have unionized, and many of these are in the Twin Cities. Just last month, the union at Fair State Brewing Cooperative ratified its first ever collective bargaining agreement. Bloomquist told me, quote, Now that we've finalized our contract, we're going to work on some educational stuff, both for our benefit, but also for the wider world, on what we've achieved with our contract, close quote. He hopes to roll that momentum into the start of many more drives, and his Twin Cities craft beverage comrades hope it'll be a two-way street. When asked what advice she has for other workers in the industry, Tattersall's Wheeland told me, quote, Talk to other places that have unionized about how they won. Everyone we talked to was extremely nice and happy to give advice and help in any way necessary, close quote. At Denord, Kling echoed Wheeland's sentiment, quote, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk, you know? I feel like with organizing, if we truly are going to make our conditions better, it will make other people's conditions better because they'll see us as an example, close quote. Though they'd had experience doing mutual aid and organizing around gender and sexuality issues, the Denord drive was Kling's first go at labor organizing. Having seen what a drive alone can accomplish, like bringing the industry closer together, galvanizing the community, giving workers something of their own to be part of, they're looking forward to the bargaining process, and to more organizing in the future, too. Kling tells Fingers, quote, I want to write zines and connect with other workers. I am not white, and I am not cis, and I am not straight, and I know that there are other people out there in the industry who I haven't really connected with yet. It's exciting. That was How the Twin Cities Became a Hotbed for Craft Beverage Unionizing, originally published as a newsletter on Labor Day 2021. This has been another bonus edition of the Fingers podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by leaving a comment on fingers.substack.com. In particular, I'd love to hear your notes on the format of this episode. Uh, Hopefully the quotes weren't too confusing and it wasn't too hard to follow. But let me know. In the meantime... Signing off from Fingers Headquarters, it's your fearless Fingers editor, Dave Infante, reminding you that if your boss tells you you're better off without a union, you're absolutely, definitely, positively better off with a union. Organize, people. Bye-bye.